Welcome to the Fathom Church Weekly Sunday Sermon Podcast. Uh, We're happy to have you here today, or if you're joining us back, welcome back. We're so glad that you're here to listen to the Word um, from wherever you are. We're so grateful for the technology that keeps us connected and keeps us hearing the Word as a church body together, even when we're apart. Make sure to follow us to stay up to date on everything going on at Fathom on the Church Center app, Instagram, or YouTube, on our Facebook page, or our Fathom Family Facebook group. We hope to see you there, but for now, we're going to jump right into the message. As always, it's so good to be right here with you. How's everybody doing this morning? You guys doing all right? Y'all getting there? Awesome. We're going to get there. You're you're at like a six. We're going to try to get to a 10 uh, before you leave today. It's so good to see you. If you're new here, you're new at Fathom, just welcome. We we really hope that this is place for you to grow in faith and family. If you're uh, hanging out at home, uh, we're thinking of you today and we love you. And we just want to tell you we love you. Come on, let's show our Fathom fam out there. Some days, some of you are there. And like you, I heard, I talked to somebody who lives in Japan and they're part of the Fathom fam. And they said, you know, every time you do that, you're talking to us. And so a lot of times you're like, who's over there? Lots of people all over the place. And we're so thankful uh, that you're joining us. We're, we're excited uh, about what God's doing in this season. It's uh, definitely a crazy times. And I just so appreciate just so much of the lyrics of the songs this morning that just resonated and just said, hey, it doesn't matter the season and different seasons. God's still faithful and we can trust him and believe uh, in God. So uh, I'm excited to wrap up. We've been in a series, a three-week series called Alignment over the past few weeks. Hopefully you've gotten a chance to, to check all those messages online or here in person. Uh, we've been working through Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, talking about the will of God. And that's one of the ones that often we scratch our head. Like, what is God's will for my life? Am I living in God's will for my life? How do I know that I'm, I have God's best in my life? And so I want to help unpack that for us today as we uh, dive deeper. And so I want to actually, actually just want to jump, jump right into the scriptures, jump into the text, and then uh, we'll work our way through all the challenges of this. And I think a lot of misconceptions that we have about the will of God so that we can really settle in and uh, test and approve it as this text says. So let's read together. Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship, a life of surrender. We talked about this one last week. Don't conform uh, to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And here's where we're going to spend our time today. Then, everybody say then. Then Then you'll be able to test and approve what, what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Um, the more I've thought about the will of God, I, I, I think at times when we can make things really complicated, um, and oftentimes I think this is one of those that we make really complicated and really struggle with when it comes to the will of God and living out God's will in my life. I, I don't find there's many people who would, would say, I, I, would, I don't care about what knowing what God's will is. Like I, I, don't, I don't find many people who like, I don't really care. Most people are saying, yeah, I, I actually believe that God has a plan for my life, at least Christians. Um, but it's a matter of, okay, so now I, I believe that, 
but, but what is that? How can I find that? How can I discover that? And so I want to kind of peel back a couple of layers for us. But before we do, I, I want to uh, encourage you to stop thinking about it in such a way. Like, like don't think about it in a way of, okay, I'm going to find the will of God now. Like, I'm going to go digging through all the dirt of my life and then just discover it magically. Like, we've found gold or something. Uh, it, it's not like that, as this scripture says. It's, it's that the hope is that after we live a life in view of God's mercy, in, in humility, not thinking that we've got it all figured out, right? How many of us, like, uh, I think they always joked about when students, uh, freshmen start college, that they, they know it all, and by the end of it, they realize they know nothing, right? How many of you, like, live that story from ages 18 to 35 or something like that, right? 18 to 24 or 27, you live that story. Like, I had it all figured out. And so many times, uh, we can kind of get lost in this, but there's a couple of things that I really want us to know. And, and this is the first one. One is that it's not just going to be something we just discover like, oh, I just discovered it. Eureka. Aha. I found the will of God, but it's something that we're going to be able to test and approve. Or we're going to be able to discern that we are walking and, and, and know deeply within our heart. Like how many would love that? Like to just know right now, I am right where God wants me to be. Like we don't get to feel that oftentimes. We don't, we don't really understand that many times. I am right where, and, and so we spend the majority of our life hoping to discover something more. When I, I believe that God wants to teach us a, a much deeper truth and reality of how he has called us and what he has called us to in our life and God's greatest will. And so I, we're going to talk a little bit about discernment, but I just... Kind of last minute, God just brought back a couple of scriptures that are, I think are so important for us as we kind of wrestle with this idea of how do I discern the will of God? How do I test and know that I'm in the will of God? And, and these are the, the, the two scriptures. One is in Philippians and it's this, and this is my prayer, Paul writes, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. Keep going. So that you may be able to discern, there's the word, discern what is best and what is pure that you're, I don't want you to disconnect that he's saying, I hope that your love abounds while all you're discerning what's best. <laughs> it's the message of Jesus. If you have all these great things, all these great gifts, if you have all these great achievements in your life and success, and you think that you've made it, but you have not love, you've, you've missed it. He said that as that grows, that, that you'll, so that you'll be able to, to discern what's best and maybe pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Remember this idea that it's a preparation for the day of Christ. That's really our ultimate goal that we're going to unpack. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So I, I want to just set that forward first, that love is so deeply connected to um, knowing the will of God and his love for us and abounding in that more and more and then Philippians 4.13 is the other one that just popped in my, in my heart over the past uh, few hours. And I said, I, I got to get this in their spirit. Make sure they know this. Philippians, or excuse me, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Nothing. Not your past. Not your future not your in-between, not, not your next job, not your next move, not who you're supposed to marry, not what your life looks like 50 years from now. Nothing is hidden in all of creation. Talk about fathom. We cannot fathom what God sees and knows in our life. 
Everything is uncovered. It's laid bare before, um, before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. And, and I, I just want to remind you of this because the enemy will come and, and will try to lie to you and deceive you and confuse you about God's will so that you just stay kind of just sitting on the sidelines waiting for God to just send you a big message so you'll know what to do. And never truly pursue him with your life. Never walk in obedience to him in a way that, that makes you any bit uncomfortable. But I want you to be reminded of this, that he knows. He knows the end from the beginning, everything in between. I think before we begin to, to, to talk about discerning the will of God and knowing, testing, and approving, we've got to make sure we, we talk about these um, things. We've been talking about over the past couple of weeks. You know, when you go off to school, they say you got to do all your prerequisites, right? It's like you got to do these things before you have this. And if you look at how Paul writes this, he really sets these first things first that we've been talking about for the past two weeks, right? First, we got to have that humility in light of the mercy of God. In light of the mercy of God, we've got to have that. If you think you're going to, to walk in the will of God and be arrogant and prideful and think you've got it all figured out and you don't consult him, he actually goes on, like verse three is like, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. I, I love that phrase. It's like, well, how highly should I think of myself? <laughs> it's like, you know, so don't think more of yourself to, to, to live with such a humility and lie the mercy of God. We cannot walk in the, in, um, the will of God if we're prideful. Second, th- th- this prerequisite that we talked about uh, was a life of just total surrender to God, not withholding anything in our life. My, my kids uh, love hide and seek. They, they love it at like a weird level, like a super weird, like they watch YouTube videos of other kids playing hide and seek. Like, I, I don't know how else to break it to them other than be like, guys, that's just, it's just stupid. Like, it's just dumb. Like, I, I don't understand why, why don't you go play hide and seek instead of watching? I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. It's a generational thing, I guess. Um, but this whole idea that that um, we're not going to surrender our life, right? When, when someone finds us behind hiding under the covers or something like, well, the game's over. <laughs> and so many of us, we're running. We're, we're unwilling to surrender even though he sees us and he knows us. Everything's open to him. So that's the second piece. If we think we're going to walk in the will of God and hold back certain areas of our life, be unwilling to surrender in whatever area it might be. You fill in that blank, those areas that are difficult to surrender in. And all of us have trouble in certain areas, surrendering all to God. For some of us, it's, it's um, our control, right? It's our, our goals and our planning. Uh, some of us, it's our career. Some of us, it's our family, our marriage. Our, some, some of us, we struggle with letting go of, of our sexuality. Some of us struggle with financial stuff. Like, I can't let this go. But God wants an, an entire life of surrender, and it's going to be impossible for us to walk in his perfect will, his good and pleasing will, if we're unwilling to surrender. And that third thing that we talked about last week was a transformed life through a renewed mind. Like if we're unwilling to change our way of thinking in the light of Christ, then it's going to be impossible. It's going to be impossible for us to walk in the will of God. So all these are prerequisites. They're prereqs before we can really begin to walk in the will of God. And I think when we talk about the will of God, we're like, okay, let's break that down. Many theologians and pastors have tried to break that down for people over the years. And and I, I think for right now, probably the easiest way for us to just think about this is 
the secret will of God and the revealed will of God, right? Um, and, and maybe one of the best um, people that I can kind of wrap this illustration around is Judas. Judas who betrayed Jesus, right? It was, um, do you think Judas knew what God's will was? You know, he knew some of it. Jesus had told them how they are to live and, and uh, he's to be faithful even when it gets hard. Uh, well, he knew God's revealed will, will in his life, like the things that Jesus had asked him to do. Yet somehow in God's um, yet somehow in God's secret will, uh, he knew that Judas would betray him. He he knew that Judas would betray Jesus, and, and that was a part of God's big secret will. And so many times uh, we spend our time and our lives and our uh, mental fortitude like uh, trying to come up with what's your secret will, God, while ignoring His revealed will. And we should spend so much more of our time worrying about what's in his reveal, but what has God spoken me to to, to do? What has he called me to do? Because if we do that, then we are living out these three prerequisites. So I want to talk to you a little bit about discernment, um, because that's really the word that I'm kind of latching on to, and I want to unpack for us, um, because I know we have a lot of questions in like God's secret will, like, um, should I take this job? Should I take this promotion? Uh, oftentimes we ask, should we buy this house or buy this car? Uh, should we do this or do that? Uh, is this sin if I'm doing that? There's a little bit of a process that you can go through um, to, to do that. Hey, what does God's word say about it? It should be the first place that we start. Um, really, the second place, sometimes like when we say, okay, God's word is clear about it, then okay, I know exactly what God's asking of me. It's It's clear. I just have to obey it. Sometimes uh, the Bible speaks of it indirectly, right? It doesn't exactly address it, but I can kind of bring in context of, of that situation, apply it to my life and understand um, uh, through the life of Jesus and, and through the truth of his word and through community and uh, discernment of his people that I can know exactly what God's asking me to do. Or sometimes the Bible doesn't say anything at all. And so many times we're so focused on like some of those things, you know, and, and I think one of those things um, in ancient times and even today is like, when is God coming back? Like, is this, is this the time? And, and his disciples were constantly worried about that. And Jesus turned their attention away from the, he's like, no, no, it's not for you to know the times and the seasons. What, what you are to be doing is to be feeding a sheep. You are to be about your father's business. So I, I wanted to just kind of set a couple of those things in line of, you know, really using the Bible as a guide when it comes to discerning the will of God. And we'll, we'll talk about that briefly in a little bit. I think we got to address a couple of misconceptions we have about the will of God too. Uh, the, the first is that if I choose wrong, then my whole life is like ruined. It's like off. Like ever since I did that one thing, things have never been right. Right. I mean, have things you regret in your past? My hand's up. I'll go ahead and put two of them. Anybody like, am I the only one? Okay, cool. There's a few of you that have things you regret in your life, right? And how many times has the enemy kind of come in and said, yeah, if you just would have, then you could really be in God's will, but because you didn't, right? It's, it's a misconception. Now, I, I will say our disobedience, there's consequences to those things, right? And, and the greatest of those is that we miss out on experiencing the presence of God and his fullness and abundance in our life in those seasons, but that doesn't mean you can't live in his abundance now. You can't live in his fullness now. We believe what Romans 8, 28 says, that God works uh, all things for the good of those who love him. 
If you love him, then he's going to work it out. He's going to work it out. It's not going to be perfect and there's going to be consequences and things you have to go through. But it's not one decision and then your whole life is over. I think the second misconception we have is if I pick the right thing, then everything will be easy, right? How many of you thought this at the beginning of following Jesus? And I know some of you are listening online, watching online or in the room, you're just, you're just kind of seeking and knowing, kind of trying to figure this out. But, uh, you know, uh, many of us, we have this conception, like if, if I just pick Jesus, then everything is going to be easy. And what all of us come to find out is that's not even close to being true. It's still hard. It's still hard, but it's so much sweeter. And we walk with the peace of God and the joy of God in the midst of our difficult circumstances. And so you're not going to avoid all the struggles and suffering and pain of life by walking in God's will. So sometimes when it's hard, we're like, I must not be in God's will. No, tell that to Jesus. (laughs) Tell that to Jesus. Like he was in the middle of God's will and he would have loved for things to be different, but that was not. He said, not my will, but yours be done. So that's a misconception. We've got to move past. And so I want to just kind of go back to this initial thought that I said, we're not going to just discover it, right? It's not something that we're going to discover, but we do need to to begin to pursue God and and to see that our greatest prize within the perfect will of God is, is not a promotion that'll double our salary, right? Should I take this job? Is this going to lead to bigger and better things? it's not figuring out, Hey, is is this the thing that's going to be the ticket to really feel like my life is perfect? No, no. Our greatest prize in the perfect will of God is ever growing intimacy with God. That's culminated in eternity. Like we've had the wrong focus trying to figure out God's will. and, And it's been about what God can bring us and not about the maker himself, the creator himself. We've been so much more worried and and exhausted and thinking about all the created things as opposed to the creator. And he is our greatest prize. And and some of us will be like, oh man, well, that's a bummer. I'm like, "Are are you serious? Like we're talking about the creator of the universe has called us into relationship with him. And that is the greatest prize we could ever have is to be in intimacy Uh, in an intimate union with Jesus Christ. Uh, The word intimacy makes all the fellows a little bit uncomfortable. Maybe the ladies too. Um, And and I'll spend some more time talking about this idea at our marriage conference, which gets signed up. Registration's open first weekend in October. It's going to be amazing. I cannot wait. It's going to be such a game changer for for so many marriages. I hope you'll make plans to be there. But um, you know, this idea of intimacy, Dallas Willard described it as a shared experience. Uh, when Tom and I were talking this morning, we were talking about music, right? And we just say, hey, have you ever heard of this? You ever seen what we're doing in that moment is we're like reaching out for a connection. Hey, did you, and Andrew tells me, hey, did you, did you see the Jags game? It's today. I didn't see it yet. But did you see that? What we're doing is say, hey, you want to make a connection? You want to talk about something that we have a shared experience, a shared love and tear for Minshew Mania? Oh, moment of silence. Um, right? We, we feel it's a shared experience. And, and the, the reality of what God, that's what intimacy is. It's shared experience. And the reality is that God is there every step of your life. Every moment of your life, he is there. 
He is present when you woke up this morning. He is there and waiting. In the middle of your stressful work meeting where some hard conversations have to have it, he's there. On the way where you're just frustrated and hurt because of what that person said to you, he's there. When you can't sleep at night, he's, he's there. And we can ignore and we can keep pushing through and figure out all these practical solutions and, and our life and just keep moving on. Or we can recognize that the creator of the universe wants to have an intimate relationship with us. And we can recognize that. The, the psalmist, I, I, I love what he says in Psalm 27, 4. And he says this, one thing I ask from the Lord. This only do I seek. This is the, this is the focus of my life that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Man, what if in your life and in my life, what if we just had one thing that we sought and that's more of God? Like Jesus said it, Matthew 6, 33, what do he say? If you'll seek first my kingdom and, and my righteousness, then what? I'll add everything else to you. Everything else is going to come into line if you'll get this one thing right, and that's seeking God first. And I, I know we're, some of us, like, we're, we're planners, we're thinkers, we got the next step worked out, but what if we just seek God in all we do? If, if on Tuesday and, and Wednesday and throughout our week, we're not trying to plan all these great endeavors for our life, but we just, one thing I seek, God, you're going to lead me into all those things. It's so hard though, Right? All the things come in our life. Andrew was talking about that a few moments ago and, and kind of throw us off during our week. I, I love what Philippians chapter three says um, here. He says, not that I've already obtained all this. Um, uh, verses 12 through 14. Not that I've already obtained all this or I've already arrived at my goal. I'm not, I'm not totally there yet. Um, but this, I, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ has took hold of me. Can, can I just tell somebody who's like stressed out about the future? God's got a hold of you. He's got a hold of you. So you make one focus just to seek his face and take hold of him like he's got a hold of, of you in your life. He keeps going, brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, I forget what's behind. I strain toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. That's the goal is Jesus. That's the goal is more. That's where our, our, our heavenly calling is to, is to himself, uh, not to a mansion, uh, not to all these great things. No, to him. He's the greatest prize. I cannot emphasize that enough. Um, uh, many of you know, uh, I've, I've got a great relationship with my wife. Uh, I love her to death. Uh, she's amazing. She's serving in kids today. And uh, the one thing about us is we don't, um, we don't care about gifts in our life. We, we really don't. Like you can stack up just a, a bunch of gifts. We, we often skip anniversaries and Christmas and like, let's just not do anything. We just don't do it. I mean, um, we do, it's just not important to us. But so you could stack up all these gifts uh, of things for the future and, and things that, hey, I would love to be in the will of God in my life. You could stack all those up. And, and on the other side, hey, just going to spend time with my wife at the beach with some Chick-fil-A, right? And like, I'll choose that every single time because it just doesn't mean much. And, and I hope, and I wish that in our life, we would have that same kind of just narrow focus. I just want to be with God. That's what I seek. And then what we're going to find is contentment. We'll follow that. 
Uh, a couple thoughts I want to leave you with today is, is one is obedience is so powerful in our life. It's, it's this, uh, I, I call it a secret key, but it's, it's really not all that secret. It's pretty obvious. And it's going to open doors to rooms in your life that you didn't know existed. Obedience will open up doors to, to, to rooms you didn't even know existed. So, so many times uh, in our life, we, we're trying to figure out what's my, my next step. What's the will of God in this? And it gets so confusing. Um, but obedience simplifies things a great deal. Uh, in the reveal, what, what's in the revealed will of God that I'm supposed to be obeying him in, that I'm called to obey him in. Uh, a long time ago, I was having a very deep theological conversation about this. And, and God just gave me something in the moment that I, I've really wrapped my head around for the past 15 years, 16 years. And it's that for the person that walks in disobedience, discovering or, or, or finding that they are walking in the will of God is, it's like finding a needle in a haystack. Like if I'm not willing to obey God, good luck testing and approving what God's perfect will is like, good luck. It's like finding a needle in a haystack. But the one that walks in obedience, it actually opens up a vast options in our life. It's as vast, like obedience just opens the will of God up to just as vast as the ocean. And so I, I would encourage you, like when you're thinking through God, is this what I'm supposed to do? And then we think through like one or two or three things. And we just say, hey, no, I'm just going to wait. I'm, I'm just going to wait and let God speak and lead me. And, and when that happens, uh, then I, I move into a place from just the two or three things that I came up with to just this infinite amount of the splendor of God and creativity of God with what he can do in your life. It's not limited to just what your brain and your mind can uh, dream up, but everything that God has in store for us. So I, my, my hope for you is that we get away from this. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to find or discover the will of God. And really, I can test and approve that you really begin to see. And, and really, the idea behind that word, I've referenced it a few times, uh, is to, to discern, is to really test something's authenticity, to really inspect it and give it a careful inspection. And so I just ask you to maybe do that in your life right now, like a careful inspection. Like, am I walking in his will? Am I... Am I prideful, right? If I can, it's a hard one to answer, right? I just always assume I am prideful and then just like err on that side and then move towards humility. We're never going to be in a bad place when we do that. Am I surrendered? Are there areas in my life I'm not surrendering? Am I letting God change my mind, change my heart, transform me and not leave me like you found me? Can I just... Can I just speak to just a few of us in the room? Um, probably way more than a few, though, as I think about it. As I look around this room and I just think about some of your stories. And I think about where God's brought you from. Like five years ago. Like seven years ago. 18 months ago. When I think about what God's done in your life because you've lived this out. I wish I could take any credit for it. I can take zero credit for it. It's, it's because in view of God's mercy, you've surrendered your life and a renewed mind and you're, you're different human beings today. Like, and I just want you to be rested. It's like that reflects with your story. Just take a deep breath and know that God has so much more in store for you, but you are in the will of God. Like don't second guess, don't question, have rest and know that, that God is carrying this out. 
But so many times what keeps us actually from obedience is, is really just disobedience from yesterday. The thing, the shame and the, and the pain and the guilt of, of yesterday it will keep us from our obedience today. And I want to encourage anyone that the guilt and the shame that's getting in the way of obedience today, don't let it get in the way anymore. Walk in obedience to God. That passage says, forget the things that's behind us. Push away those things and press on towards what, what is ahead. And that is Jesus Christ and walking in obedience. This idea of discerning that something is, is often to, uh, authentic and, and real. Um, when Taryn and I, um, before we got married, she was living at home and had a full-time job. Come on, some of y'all, that's a good gig. Full-time job, living at home, not much bills. I was still in college, uh, broke as a joke. I mean, I really was uh, eating Hot Pockets for every meal, ham and cheese sandwiches, just living on it. Um, and, and Taryn was at home and things were good. She's paying off her, her, her student loans and all that. And, uh, but she also would treat herself after a long school year to some nice Tiffany's jewelry because she, she didn't have bills, right? She didn't have any bills. She was just taking care of her cell phone and things like that. And um, uh, during that season, she just kind of would spoil herself with fancy jewelry. I couldn't do it. Well, we got married and, um, you know, I bought her a nice ring. And, and years down the road for Christmas, um, I was just like, just trying to find things. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm not a good gift giver, but we were, uh, I was in Target one night and like I grabbed a necklace. So like just a random, but this would just be like, you know, costume jewelry. I just throw it in there. Well, she just felt that thing and looked at it and the, the look on her face was just priceless. Like she knew something was fake about it. This was not real. This is not what she was used to. And, and so many of us, we may, we may feel in our life like that. We, we, we may contest and approve that, hey, there's something off. Something off. There's something not authentic about this. I, I've been trying to take shortcuts to the will of God. There's no shortcuts to the will of God. It's obedience. It's surrender. It's the mercy of God. He's laid this out for us. Uh, last thing, and I want to give you some practical things at the end, but the last thing I just have deeply in my heart is um, God's perfect will for your life is, is better than your wildest imagination. It's just so much better. Like you think about who knows me more than anyone else in this life. Like literally no one knows you better than God knows you. If you're having trouble being convinced of that, I, I encourage you to read Psalm 139. God, you knit me in my mother's womb. You formed me. You know everything about me, God. I can't hide from you. God knows you better than anyone. Secondly, who, who loves you more than God does? Literally no one loves you more than God. He literally left heaven to come to earth to suffer and die for a relationship with you. No one loves you like that. No one knows you like that. So why would we not trust him with our future, with our past, with our present? Because what God has in store is greater than your wildest imagination. I didn't say it's going to be easy. That's a misconception, but it's greater than you can ever imagine. Uh, a few years back, um, we moved into our house in 2013 and we, we, have, we had some amazing neighbors, uh, Rick and Joyce. Um, we just had a great relationship with them and, and um, 
build a relationship over the years. And they were kind of uh, getting to a point where they were ready to retire and move to like one of those fun retirement villages. And, and so uh, we were excited for them. We were sad to lose our neighbors, particularly because we share a driveway with our neighbors. Uh, for those of you that are seeing our house, we share a driveway, which is um, kind of unique. And you really care about who your neighbors are, right? There's no fence there. It's like we're we're sharing the driveway and, and all that. And so we really cared about that. Well, they put their house up for sale and and I saw the price they were asking for. This was years ago before the market was what it is today. And, uh, and I was like, oh my gosh. Like I immediately thought like, man, I think if we just kind of did some updating and stuff like that, we could, we could make like literally the numbers I just broke. I think we can make 100, 150 grand on this thing. Like if we, t- they were just selling it, just like get it done. I could do a lot of the work myself. And so I just start scheming and planning. Anybody else like that? You just start scheming. Like I'm gonna make a quick 100K. Like anybody like that? Okay, so my brain just starts going, just wild, just like, just dreaming of like what this could mean for our family. We could pay off our mortgage, come on. Like I'm just getting excited about this. And so for one week, I'm just obsessed with this. Just cannot stop thinking, how, how am I going to do this? How am I going to make this happen? What's the numbers? Um, and then I, I, I told, I was talking to Taryn about it and, and I, I drive her crazy when I get like this, absolutely bananas. And uh, kind of towards the end of that week, I was like, I guess I should pray about this. It'd probably be a really good idea. This is a lot of, a lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of stuff. So, so we start praying about it. And, uh, and I remember it was on a Tuesday night um, I didn't wake up in the middle of the night, but I woke up the next morning, been praying about this. And I, you know how you, you just remember parts of a dream? You know I mean? You, you don't usually remember the whole thing, but I remember nothing about the dream except a voice that said no. Like in big capital letters, I woke up and that's all I remembered of this dream. No, that's, it was that clear to me. And I knew he didn't say what it was for. I knew what it was for because that's what I was obsessed with for the past week. And God said, no. And I set it aside and I'm like, I guess, I guess that's not God's will. And I literally just dropped it. I'm like, boom, you said no. Yes, sir. At attention. I'm moving on with my life. I was probably, you know, stupid to be thinking about that anyway. Well, anyway, um, you know, they would sell it. They would end up selling it to um, a company who would sell it to an investor in Australia just at the, at the closing table. And so we didn't have any control of, uh, of who was going to be our neighbor that we shared driveway with. And uh, six months passed and, and I've met the general contractor and, and they've gone through a bunch of subcontractors. And, and I've kind of met him and built a relationship with him. And it's been a really frustrating process uh, for him. And, and they just, they haven't gotten good quality out of their subcontractors. And so it's been exhausting for him. And I was able to minister to him some in, in that season well, it gets even worse to the point like this contractor is losing his mind, wants to walk away from the job. And uh, he ends up, he's gone through so many subcontractors. He, he goes to Home Depot one day and he finds this guy who's living in his car, who's literally homeless. And he hires this guy. Um, he hires this guy to come and, and, and help finish the job that he, this guy's going to do it. Um, believe it or not, that guy had more sense and work ethic than anybody else who had been on the job, uh, funny enough. Uh, but I got to know this guy. And after a couple of weeks of him being on the job, I, I would just go over and just be a nosy neighbor and walk through and see the progress. And, and they were inviting me in. I, I really wasn't pressing my way in. And um, I got to know this guy. And, and he had told me that just, just two weeks before um, that he had attempted to, to commit suicide. And uh, and I was just like, oh my gosh, man, that's so heavy. So where before I was kind of nosy neighbor slash pastor at times, like they let me in these moments to minister. 
Um, now I'm like, oh my gosh, like there's, there's nothing probably that breaks my heart more than this. And, and, um, and so I just really began to minister to this guy and just, just think through, man, I just, this is a, this is a God thing. And I, I went and got a devotion and kind of wrote some things. You guys remember that, um, uh, that prayer circle one, whatever that devotional, I got one of those and got a Bible and, and just pray with him and poured into his life. And one day we're sitting on his car filled with all his belongings in life. And it just hits me, hits me like a slap in the face. This is why God told me no. This is why God told me no on, on some dream I had for my life is because someone's salvation might be in the balance. And, and I'm not saying that to manipulate. I'm telling you a story out of my life that what God has in store is greater than your wildest imagination. And it doesn't calculate up to the big gifts in your life. If you'll just pursue him and listen to him and not move unless he tells you to move and the things that he's already told us to move through the word of God, move and don't second guess. Just obey and walk in it and trust him and, and watch what he does in your life and miracles that begin to take place. I, I wish I could say, I know the end of that guy's story or the, the actual general contractor who I heard two weeks after that, that he tried to commit suicide. And I had a chance to minister to him. And that's a whole other story for another day. I mean, this just God opened up these doors and like nothing, I would not trade that for hey, having a little more financial security. I would not trade it because I have no idea where that led in their life, but I know God was calling me to be obedient and how God brought me through so much in that season. And I don't know where you're at and just discerning God's will in your life. I know, like I said, it, it can be like, a, uh, like the donkey said, and Sh- like Shrek is like, a, like an onion. He's got layers. The will of God has all these layers in our life. So just, just know this, like let's make one pursuit out of seeking his face seeking his face and to know God and to make him known as being our one pursuit and, and nothing else other than that. And all these other things will, will fall into place. I think some of us may find it helpful. What I, I read from a guy named George Mueller, as we go through and we do all these prerequisites, as I called them, uh, to, to lean into the mercy of God and to view our life in his mercy, to surrender everything and, and to, to be transformed through renewed mind. I believe that, that we'll look up and then we can have confidence that we're, if we're doing those things, then we're walking in the will of God. And then there's going to be these moments where like, okay, should I do this or should I do that? Pastor, you just haven't given me, but what if God doesn't say anything? What am I supposed to do? All right. Anybody have one of those situations in their life right now? What if God doesn't say anything? What am I supposed to do? And sometimes you will. After we've surrendered all, after we've prayed, after we've sought wise counsel, uh, I would encourage you, don't leave it to your feelings, right? Because the, feel, the same feeling that told you to do it today is might tomorrow be like, no, that's going to be hard. Don't do that. <laughs> so don't leave it all to your feelings. Don't ignore these moments of just divine providence. That's like, this is weird. Like this is not normal. It's not natural. God's, God's in this. If you prayed about it, like what am I supposed to do after you've done all that? Make the best decision you know. Just make a choice. Like, and, and, and be settled. Like, hey, I, I, I don't know. I didn't get a clear answer, but I'm feeling nudging this way. And so we're going we're gonna to follow this. And I know those decisions are difficult in our life. And, and I don't know what things you're wrestling with about the will of God, if it's sticking it out with your spouse. I don't know if it's, maybe kind of just jumping on some opportunities to look for jobs and change things up. 
I don't know if it's the next big purchase that you're kind of stressed about whether we should do this or not. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what way God's going to lead you, but I, I do know one thing. If you'll just set one focus, that's to seek his face. And whatever he leads, wherever he leads, I'm going to obey. And you'll just trust him with your past, your present, your future, and you'll push back the, the, the things of the old and just press into who he is and let that be your greatest prize. You know, everything else starts to look real small. <laughs> It looks real small when I got eternity in my eyes, when I've got mindset of, of things that matter in God's kingdom and things that it really doesn't matter. And I just want to pray that over you today. This band's going to lead us. Would you stand? I'll close us in prayer. I'm going to be up here at uh, the crosses. We would love to pray for you. If there's anything, maybe just some things you're struggling with and God's will that just doesn't make sense to you and you're trying to wrestle with it, we'd love to to pray with you today. If you're online, just comment and say, hey, I need somebody to pray. You can even drop that prayer request if you feel comfortable. But I want to pray over you here in the house today that you may be satisfied in God, that, that, that you may just be at rest in the will of God, that you may be able to test and prove, hey, I'm, I'm living it. It doesn't look what I thought it would look like. It doesn't, in this moment, look like I wish it would look like, but I know I'm right where God's called me to be in this moment. Would you bow your heads with me? God, right now across this room, I'm just, I'm stretching out my arms in faith, God, over every single life, every single soul that God, I, I've found myself so many times just wandering and just wondering and wanting more, God, or something different than other than what you've given us. God, would you just wipe the slate clean in our hearts that says, God, we want nothing more or less than what you are. You are our greatest desire. God, may we, may we pray it today. One thing we see, God, is just to gaze upon your beauty. That's our heart. That's our heart's desire is just to know you. God, for those with difficult decisions in front of us, important decisions, game-changing decisions, God, would you, would you bring peace right now and know that you are going to guide. Maybe it's not through a dream. Maybe it's through your word. God, we open up your word and you just reveal it and make it plain to us. Thanks for listening in today. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to celebrate with you. To connect with us about what your next step with Jesus might be, or even if you need help figuring that out, you can text the keyword FATHOM to 97000 anytime and follow the prompts. You can also go ahead and type in the search bar of your podcast app, fathom beyond sunday and there you'll find our new podcast you'll be able to listen in on some really great conversations just taking the truth of god's word from our sunday sermon a step further talking about how we can apply these truths to our everyday lives between monday and saturday not just on sunday we love you we're praying for you and we hope you'll tune in again soon